Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message. John chapter 14. We have a lot of work to do and um, a lot of scriptures to read, but that's why we come to church, right? Amen. Good. Um, so I, I want us to, to deal with our second week of Advent, and uh, which is peace. And so I want to talk about uh, a season of peace, and uh, we're going to deal with uh, Jesus talking to his boys about um, anxiety. I don't know if you've ever had someone you know or someone that someone may be you that have Amen. dealt with that, Amen. then this is for you. And uh, I want to say, first and foremost, that this is uh, definitely for myself. In fact, have you ever had one of those weeks where you're just like, I'm done? You know what I'm saying? The screens turn blue all of a sudden. and uh, You know, like you just, you just have one of those weeks. And, like, just nothing goes right. In fact, you're just done with it all. Like, I've had that week, this week. In fact, I was so close to, like, how on earth am I going to be talking about peace? When I've had this week that was sent from Satan himself. And, um, but here I am, joyfully, slightly begrudgingly, giving you... <laughs> A message about peace. Amen. I think we could probably all use it. Uh, so here is Jesus answering a question. Before I get to the text, I want to tell you what's going on. He's answering a question that my boy Peter and really a lot of the disciples just seemingly don't ever get it right. And Jesus tells them in the end of John chapter 13... He's telling them, I'm going away. I'm leaving you guys. Now, that's a huge understatement because what that's doing is that's creating within them separation anxiety because Peter says, well, where are you going? I want to go. And Jesus says to him, you can't go, at least for now. Now, right here at the beginning of John chapter 14, Jesus has just invoked in them an emotion that I'm probably sure we all have had, and that's anxiety. And in particular, what Jesus is doing is he has invoked separation anxiety. Have you ever, as a parent, had a kid go missing in a department store, a restaurant, a park? Now, all the above, right? Now, um... My son is, is here. He's in the back. When he was a lot younger, uh, my wife and I, I had to officiate a wedding. It was Marinda's uh, best friend. And it was at the Columbus Civic Center. And I kept telling Jude to stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with us. Now, uh, the, let me set this up. There was nobody there at the Civic Center. We, were, we had a room rented out. And this is, but this is a large place, a large facility. We always tell our kids, you don't lead, we lead, you follow. Amen. That's kind of the rule 
of any time we're in a place, a foreign place particularly. And so we kept telling Jude, uh, Jude, you got to follow us. you got to follow us. But here's what um, the father in me did to teach him a lesson. I let that joker just keep on walking. And I took the nearest exit. And then I witnessed him. All right, this was safe. There wasn't any creepers around. Okay, so don't get 911 on the phone. All right, please. And so I saw his face. And when Jude is creeped out, he gives us this melty face. It's like... It's the greatest look of terror. I can't even do it. And, and, and parents, listen to me very carefully. You need to let your children suffer. It's good for them. Amen. I got some help up in here this morning. That's all right. Children, suffering is okay. You'll live. I know you don't look like you want to live because of suffering, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> Parents, let your kids. And I wanted him to learn a lesson that if you don't keep your eyes on me, you're going to get lost. Okay. I think the reason why a lot of us have anxiety in our lives today is because we have taken our eyes off of Christ. Amen. Because I want to go my own way because yeah. my way is better. Now, we ain't going to say that, but we're going to do it and we'll act that way. So here is Jesus, right before he answers Peter's question, with that context in mind, separation anxiety has attacked these disciples. And so here's John chapter 14. i got a lot to, to cover, so I need to get with it. John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus is going to answer a question, how can we have peace? And I want to stretch that. How can you and I have peace when we are in a season of anxiety, season of panic, a season of trauma? And so here's Jesus going to give us an answer, and it's a very simple answer. Jesus tells them in verse 1, John chapter 14, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. You know the way to where I'm going. And so here's Jesus answering a question. And before he answers Peter's question, he tells them, do not let your heart be troubled. You're about to go through a series of unfortunate events, my disciples, and, and he had been telling them this, that persecution is going to await you, that you're going to go through a time of season, but don't allow that to dictate what's really going on. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, sometimes when we read that, we think of Jesus as this passive, gentle Jesus saying it like, boys. It's okay. Don't let your heart be troubled. But that's not what Jesus is communicating here. This is an emphatic Matthew Thor translation. Stop freaking out. Peter, stop worrying so much. But how can I have peace when you just told me you're leaving? Isn't that crazy? So the first thing Jesus does is he doesn't necessarily answer his question he just addresses the heart of the issue, which is anxiety in Peter. And he's telling Peter, even before he gives the answers, dude, stop stressing over it. 
Stop worrying. Stop freaking out. It's going to be okay. Right? This is what Jesus is telling him. And then Jesus gives him the answer to the question, how can I have peace when I am going through anxiety? And here's what Jesus does, and I don't want you to miss this. Jesus gives his boys the hope and the promise of a better future. Amen. How can we have peace? My friends, we have, a, we have a hope for a better future. And here's what this means. This means that this is not and cannot be our best life. Because if it is, we're hellbound. Y'all okay this morning? Was that a little too much? Okay, good. Because if this, is, if this is the best that life gets, you and I are in trouble. And so here is Jesus giving them a glimpse of a hope of a better future. So he says, stop freaking out because I'm just going to leave you so that I can go prepare a place for you. Now, this is ancient Near Eastern language that Jesus is talking to his boys about. Because here's what Jesus is talking about, that when there was this ceremony between the bride and the groom, the bride would not be allowed to come yet because the groom and the groom's husband was going to prepare a place at the in-laws. Some of you wives are like, no, that's not heaven at all. That's hell. Glad you live in 2018. Amen. But they, here's what they would do. They would prepare a room at the in-law's house and build a room unto the house. So here's what Jesus is saying. So here's what Jesus is not saying, right? Now, some of your translations may say, and you're going to have a mansion. All right, let me go ahead and help you out. You ain't getting the 10,000-square-foot mansion. I'm sorry. It's, I know some of you are like, well, I don't know if I want to go. Okay. Because the alternate is any better. It's actually really good that you don't get your 10,000 square foot mansion because what you're getting is better. Here's what Jesus is saying. That I'm going to build you a room that's attached to my father's house. That your bedroom will be next to the father. So here's what Jesus is giving us, this glimpse and a hope of a better future, that we are going to a place where my room is right beside the Father's, where your room is right beside the Father's, where everybody's room gets, everybody gets a room by the Father. Amen. You get a room, you get a room. I mean, it's just like Oprah went crazy up in heaven. Amen. Hey, we all get a room in heaven. That's right beside the room of the Father. This has been translated as because this is the dwelling place of God. We get to be right where the Father is. This is the hope that you and I have. How can I then live a life filled with peace? It's because I know this ain't all it. I know that this is not my end. I know that the worst that can happen to me here is okay because it will fail to compare what awaits for me and what the Father has for me. Amen. That's how we can have peace. Yes. 
that we are awaiting the Father. We're awaiting Jesus to come get us. And then what Advent is, coming, the coming of the Lord, the second coming of Jesus. Like, why don't we get excited about that? Why can't we get excited that one day Jesus is going to come and we're going to get to take our bed right next to God's? This should create and stir excitement within us and an angst inside of us. You know, every year, my wife and I, we try to do something for our kids. Now, we have, we have resolved in our marriage that we will not spoil our children with frivolous things, that gifts, toys. If they have them, it's because they probably saved their money for them. So this is not how we parent, all right? What we wanted to do is make lasting uh, impact on them by traveling, all right? Give them lasting memories, all right? So a few years ago, a friend of ours was getting married in Colorado, and I had never been there before, but we went there with our children, and it was glorious, right? I mean, this was like, I think this is where the Garden of Eden had been lost at. They had a season, which is interesting, and I just, I hound on that every week, because it's like 80 degrees one day, and the next it's like cold, rainy, like, come on now, make up your mind. Our weather's bipolar in the south, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, and so we were thinking, we gotta, we gotta do this again, now, don't think we balling because we had to save our money for it, all right? Yeah. Just, just need to throw that out there to everyone, okay? You know my salary, all right? So, so here we are. We're saving the money this past year. It was different because we had a glimpse of what Colorado already looked like, so we kind of knew what to expect. So that in itself created a lot of angst inside my kids and inside of us because we knew we were going to heaven on earth, and we were so excited. I mean, we just couldn't contain ourselves. Like we were like, we're getting, we're going to a place that, that, that's cool. Okay. Like literally the temperature okay. where the humidity wasn't 4 billion percent. It exists, y'all. I ain't kidding. And so that created a deep angst inside my kids. And I wonder, like, are we looking forward to the future that God has prepared for us with that same type of excitement and angst? That this world is nothing compared to the place that Jesus is going to prepare for us. Amen. How can I live a life of peace in a world in an age of anxiety? I have a hope for a brighter future. Okay. This is what Christ has promised us. And then, then look at the next part. Next part, verse 5. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Don't you love Thomas? Yes. I think... That's me. I'm the guy in school. What are you talking about? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And I'm like the guy that's like looking on somebody else's paper. Did you get it? Don't do that, students. You'll get kicked out of school. That ain't cool. But I was that kid. I was just like, what are we talking about? I'm confused. Anybody else? Get like that sometimes. I'm the only one, okay? You guys are so smart and sanctified. 
You should have tutored me then. Lord, I don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus gives him this huge statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my, ne- my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip is getting right on in there with Thomas. He says, Lord, so show us the Father. And that, that's, that's enough for us. That's good with me. Right? Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, I tell you. The one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. How do we have a season of peace? Here's Jesus' next answer to him. It's like, you have faith in the Father. You have You believe in me, believe that I am the Father, I am the one. Now, this would have been very confusing to these boys because uh, they they were taught not to even say the name of God. It's just such a sacred thing that the Father was some distant thing for them. And now here's Jesus reintroducing it for them. Like, man, you want to know what God looks like? Like, you're looking at him. I'm he. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So here's Jesus giving us one of these incredibly powerful statements of the I am. In other words, that Yahweh is right here. The one you've been looking for, like I'm, I'm here. The Father, you're looking at him. You want to know what the Father looks like? Then you're looking right at me, Jesus is telling them. He's telling them something powerful here. Don't miss it, that you have access, direct access to the Father. And this would have been earth-shattering for them. That now they have direct access to Yahweh, to God. Not just so that they can have direct access to Him, but so that the direct access to the Father would cause them to have action and authority. You know, we all love that verse that, that he says in the last, like, you will do greater things. Like, we all love that. We're like, yeah, we're going to do great things. Yeah. Right? Like, whatever you ask in my name. Like, I love that. Amen. I'm still waiting for the million dollars. It didn't happen yet. You know why that hasn't happened yet? Because notice this part. Ask in my name. Here's what you're doing when you're asking in his name. You are aligning yourself with the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? Some of you are like, well, it is to give me a million dollars. (laughs) No, it's not. That the gospel can be proclaimed. The will of the Father 
to be a voice for the voiceless. The will of the Father is to take care of those in need. The will of the Father is to be and live on mission. That's the will of the Father. So when you're asking him, God, we want to do greater works. What you're asking him and what he's wanting you to do in this moment is do something that Jesus didn't do, which was proclaim the gospel. Christ has died. Christ is resurrected. Now he lives and he's ascended to the heaven. That's what Jesus didn't do because it hadn't happened yet. So now we have this opportunity to align ourselves with the will of the Father and proclaim the good news of Jesus, that peace has come. The will of the Father is for reconciliation to happen. The will of the Father is to stand against racism. The will of the Father is to see justice. The will of the Father is to be a voice for the voiceless. That's the will of the Father. The will of the Father is the ones who are crying out to the lost. The will of the Father is the people who are talking and proclaiming about the grace and love of Jesus. That's the will of the Father. So you ask, you ask for me to move, I'll move. You ask for me to bring salvation, I'll bring salvation. You ask to bring healing, I'll bring healing. Because that's the will of the Father. So our faith in the Father gives us direct access. Our faith in Jesus gives us access to the Father, which mobilizes us with authority. How do I have peace? Because I have access to the Father. Here's another way. And I hope you see something at the end of this, this overarching thing that John gives us here. Here's the other way that we have peace that Jesus talks to us about. And, th- and, and this is one of Jesus' discourses that he gives, right? One of his final teachings here. He's about to leave. And notice what Jesus is saying. This is very tense. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? Amen. If you love me, you will keep my Commandments. So Jesus is treating this faith not as an emotion, but as something you're doing. Yeah. Our faith in Christ cannot be developed based off of an emotion. You guys follow that, right? Yeah. All right, just making sure. Do you know what that does? When the emotion leaves, you know what happens to my faith? It leaves too. If, if my faith is wrapped around a feeling, then I have no faith at all. There is no other religion on the planet that is built like this, that's based not off of an emotion or a feeling. Well, I just felt something there. Could that have just been heartburn? Could that have just been, you need to get more sleep? 
most likely. So we cannot be. So here's Jesus introducing this thing. I'm taking way too much time on this point here. It's a verse um, something 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. I love that. He will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to re- receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But Amen. you do know him yes. because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans because I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father. You are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands, the one who keeps my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will, not, will be loved by my Father. Look at verse 22. Judas, I love how John writes this. Not the traitor said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And I love this. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Look at verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and remind you of everything I've told you. And you should underline this verse. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You've heard me tell you I'm going away. I'm coming to you if you loved me. You would rejoice that I'm going to my Father. How do we have a continued season of peace? Here's how. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Your translation may have said counselor, and, and yes, it is a counselor, but, but I love the word that is translated as uh, uh, from the word paraclete, not parakeet, because sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is like that, balking in our ears. Ah, you're an idiot. <laughs> anytime, anytime you do something, the Holy Spirit's not the parakeet that's on your shoulder going, ah, you're a sinner. You're stupid. I knew you were going to screw up. You screw up. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's also called indigestion and the lie that the enemy wants to tell you. But the Holy Spirit is your advocate. Now, I like that because that's like, that's like a powerful, like, like a law type use of the word. He's my advocate. So the father says, are you willing to pay the price for your sin, Matthew? And then the advocate, the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, who will pay the price for Matthew's sin? And then Jesus steps in and says, I've already paid the price for the sin. The role of the Holy Spirit is to be the advocate of your heart. To be the advocate of of your heart, even when you are lying to yourself, the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. How do I have peace? It's because I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. He's not yelling in my ear, but He's leading me, He's teaching me, He's counseling me, He's guiding me. He's doing all these things that this word translates as. And I love how the word Holy Spirit, when Jesus used this, this, 
the, the spirit here. He says, uh, peace I leave you, which is, uh, I like to how this is translated. Like This is a, a worry-free feeling, right? This is a worry-free life, a freedom in your life from all worry and all anxiety. Peace I leave you. When you step into a relationship and faith in God, you no longer have to have worry or anxiety. So he says, the Holy Spirit is with you. The Spirit is, comes from the Greek word pneuma, which means breath or air. It's incredible because Jesus here is saying that God will breathe new life on you. And that breath of his air is his spirit. Some of us, we need to take a deep breath and breathe in God's air that he has for us because the air that God has for you is his spirit. And the air that God has for you is life, not death. The air that God has for you is a worry-free air. It's an anxiety-free air. Is a fear-free air. That's what the Holy Spirit has for us. Jesus is telling them here in in this realm, in this anxious, intense room. He's telling them, boys, I'm going to send someone to advocate for your heart, and I will breathe him on you. So I want you to see this. Notice here. There are three aspects to this whole chapter here. And the reason why I read this whole thing is because I wanted you to see this. Here we have a season of peace because Jesus is giving us a brighter hope with a brighter future. We have a season of peace because now we have faith and access to the Father. And now we have peace because the Holy Spirit has been breathed inside of us. Do you see this? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. I'm not sure if you guys are following that or not. Like, this is exciting. Because here's what Jesus is saying to him. You can have peace in your life because I'm giving you every piece of me. That's what Jesus is communicating to them. I'm giving you myself. I'm giving you the Father giving you the spirit you know how I can have peace it's because I have all of God I have all of his spirit you know when I when I was mentioning that I had this this kind of week from the pits of Hades I know this is a struggle for some of us because you're thinking like some of you are just thinking like dude I don't even know like what tomorrow is going to bring don't talk about this Spirit, God, Jesus stuff to me. And I know that's probably a reality in a realm that some of you are living in right now. Let me tell you, I know what that's like because there, there's been moments in my own life and like, I'll be honest with you, like this week would have been like one of those moments I'm like, yeah, that piece looks really good now, Jesus. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have you ever felt like that before? Peace? foreign concept we live in a world where there's violence where there's terrorism everything that the news is throwing at you 
political corruption, racial division, classism, bullying, divorce, I mean suicide, teen suicide, immigration, all of these different issues that the the news is trying to create a realm for us to walk in and live in. And that realm is nothing but anxiety and panic. And that's where the enemy wants you to live. But here's what Christ has offered to you on the table, is even in that chaos, he has peace for you. I don't have a magic like way to, to step into that. I just know that I'm going to have faith. I'm going to trust that God's going to give me peace and calm my heart and my soul. Like, here's what I'd like to do. I know this may be odd for us to do this because we don't do this enough. We should do this more often. But how many of you would say, like, I live in a world of anxiety? Like, how many of you would say that? I mean, come on, like, nobody's, nobody's judging you, all right? Like, for all honest, most of us live in that world. Here's what I'd like to do. Like, if maybe if you raised your hand there and, and you, you said, that's me. Like, I live, in a, I live in just a world of chaos, and peace to me just seems like a foreign thing. If there was somebody around you, or maybe like if someone raised their hand beside you, maybe you could just grab that person and just begin to pray with them. I know this seems a little different than what we do, but I want to encourage us. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to do, to encourage, to pray, to build up, to edify one another. And here's how we edify each other, is that we pray for each other. So perhaps if you had your hand raised, uh, that, that was you, and somebody saw that, they're going to begin to sing a song. And I just want to encourage you just to begin to pray for your brothers and sisters that are around. Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.